Kirk, what's up, man? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is this Fat Albert? I, I was looking for Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, man? Nothing. I'm excited. Good. What are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about uh, how round Ovaltine is. Okay. What else are we talking about? How about how about we also talk about some auction auction drafts? Oh yeah, let's do that. I was more prepared for Ovaltine jokes, but I guess we'll go with the auction draft. All right. Yeah, we'll table that for another show. Beautiful. Um, all right. So hey, today. Oh, I'm sorry, Kirk. Are you ready to talk some fancy football? Yes, I am. All right, man. Hey, today we're just going to talk about what an auction draft is, kind of the basics of it. Um, if you're new to auction drafts, what you can expect. Uh, in a draft and and we'll talk a little bit of strategy as well beautiful i'm very very pumped this is this is our this is my favorite show so far all right good hey uh before we move on though have you uh how did your dates go uh with all your your oh, all fantasy my, studs all my, all my bachelors uh i i got uh two marriage proposals and um, one unwanted pregnancy. So I would say pretty good. All right. Good job. Uh, well, like I said, we're going to have to do that in reverse roles because I need to jump on that. I know. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, Hey, before we get into the show though, let's just talk about, uh, just a, a couple real quick, uh, fantasy relevant news stories. Kirk, you and I talked about the one to where Green Bay basically announced that it's looking like they may have a running back by committee approach yeah. uh, this year. And that, that affects, um, you know, in dynasty or keeper leagues, owners of Ty Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and uh, Jonathan Williams, which Jamal, between, or excuse me, Jamal Williams, uh, between you and I, we own all three of those players in our keeper league and are debating yeah. whether we are going to keep them or not. So, yeah, that. Yeah, I I think we should just make a, a collusive uh, agreement to just drop all of them. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see. That that is definitely a a situation where you need to keep your finger on it. Um, I don't trust anything until you know that that one's going to come right down to the wire. I think of our our keeper deadline whether we're well. And you you have you have a different you have a financial you know you have a very little risk in in yours to where I actually have to make a financial decision of whether or not it's worth it or not yep very good hey the other the other news i thought was uh um kind of interesting is how tampa bay came out and said that they may be looking at getting ronald jones a second 15 to 20 touches a game uh how do you feel about that uh i feel that that is a great uh thing to say and again until they do it almost every team that i can remember in the last five years that has come out and told us what they were going to do with a player failed to do that with that player so you're saying don't buy into any mid-june uh fantasy (laughs) right exactly uh, the famous one is is uh, is uh, C.J. Spiller. We were going to give it to him until he pukes. Until he and pukes, yeah. I don't remember him getting over 400 yards in a season that year. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Well, hey, you ready to get into it? Yes, I am. All right, cool. So um, for any of you who are either new to an auction draft or, or wanting to 
spice up a, a league or, or look into different formats. Uh, uh, let me just say that uh, you and I, we just started doing auction drafts about five years ago and we are, we are big fans of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, uh, for those of you who enjoy fantasy football, the only, literally the only thing that is different is just the draft day, nothing else moving forward as far as maintenance of the league or scoring or roster that it's all the same. So the only thing that's different is the draft and, and basically uh, what it is, you know, typically we talk about a snake draft to where, you know, there's 10 or 12 teams and you just pick in order. And then the next round, the order is reversed um, to assist in parity. What uh, the, the way we get parity in the auction draft is every team starts with a, a $200 budget or, if uh, if you wanted a one hundred dollar budget, and that is fake money, um, and and what you do is instead of picking players, a team will nominate a player, and then it is just a free for all for any team who wants that player. They start bidding for that player. Um, so why is that relevant? Um, basically, what uh, um, what you can do is just you know really go after the players you want. So for example, Kirk, if, if, if you and I are in a snake draft and we have the 10th and 11th pick, we have zero chance of getting Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell. Right. Where in an auction draft, everybody has the same percentage of chance of, of getting every player out there. So. It, that, it is, it is really how you want to set up your team and how you want to, how you want, you know, how your desires can be fulfilled in a fantasy football auction draft. Exactly. So uh, the only other things as far as rules is uh, at least $1 will be allocated for every roster spot. Um, So you have to, you have to keep that in mind as you're going through the draft, but that's basically it. Those are the basics. Um, So uh, the first thing I want to talk about though, is, you know, when we, uh, you and I had an episode on, on what makes a fantasy football league fun. We talked about doing live drafts versus online drafts. And you and I are big advocates for doing a live draft. It's a great party. It's a great, uh, great for just the, the rapport with the other league owners. And it's always just a lot of fun. Yeah. I like the word rapport. Well, I, I don't really feel like it's a rapport. It's more just uh, poop talking. Well, that's true, but it's still rapport. It's, it is. Yeah. It is a type of rapport. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily good. Um, but I'll tell you why it is really important to do auction drafts live. There's cause there's a couple, couple of different reasons why, um, the first, the first reason is auction drafts online and we've only done it through Yahoo, but there can be some, some hiccups. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one is, you know, it's, it's very simple in a snake draft. If somebody's not logged in, the computer will pick the next highest rated player on the board. And that's pretty standard. Right. Well, if, and it only takes one player to not be logged in in an auction draft. And, and what it does is the computer will, will bid for you and it bids very aggressively and probably spends more money than you'd be willing to spend. So if somebody, is is auto drafting there will be three or four picks to where they'll just blow everybody out of the water and it's not really a lot of fun 
Right. Um, go ahead. I, I was, um, I was say, yeah, the, 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 everybody participating makes it fun. The minute you start having computer picks, even in a snake draft, it kind of takes the, it saps the fun out of it because you know, you then can predict what they're going to do and, instead of it being more of a challenge. And so, yeah, anytime all human players can pick, and if they, if it's benefit, I mean, if it's, if it's ha- if able to, if it's has the ability to happen all in the same room, that's, that's such a great feeling. The rest of the season sometimes is a letdown after your draft because of the amount of fun you get to have with all your, all your right. opponents. Right. And the other thing too, is especially if it's just one or two or two teams, if they get into a bidding war, um, usually the room gets pretty rowdy and, and people get amped up for that so, in a live draft. So it's always a yes. lot of fun. Uh, the other thing it's, it's, I would equate this to poker versus online poker. Um, there are people with tells um, you can hear it in the inflection of their voice when they're uh, bidding on a player, you know, that when they're getting close to their limit, you know, if they're getting nervous for how high a guy's getting those, you know, they will have those same uh, visual tells um, <coughs> that, that really helps you out in a live draft. Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could you could see the way just their body language and, and everything is 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 very easy to tell when when they're interested or they're just trying to 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 screw with your your roster and your budget. Yep. Yep. All right. Hey, moving on. So uh, I'm not going to hit uh, too much on this next topic other than to say you should just do it. And that's pre-draft preparation. Um, we have an entire show after this one that will be dedicated to how you, how Kirk, how you and I prep for a draft. And just so everybody knows, in the one auction league we are in, we are co-managers. Uh, and thankfully, uh, you know, uh, we have the same exact approach. But um, I think you and I were both shocked because we, we were invited into this auction draft league and it had already been going on for a couple of years. And you and I kind of, didn't know what to expect, but we still plan for it. And I, I still believe that we are the only team that creates a budget, plans for the league, and, you know, talks about the players we want for for our budget. I, it, it just really took me back. But I will tell you that we've been competitive every year in this league, and I attribute a lot of it to our pre-draft Yeah, it, it is. You know, we – we do so much prep that after after we're done, we we normally have a pretty good sense of how well we did, and you know, and we know instantly where we made mistakes. And it's very few mistakes. I think we drafted well. I drafted Brandon Whedon for two dollars, which was a glaring error in one year. Um, or we'll we'll be missing out on on a player by one dollar, and then looking back and seeing it. But we can do that because we had a plan going in, stuck with the plan, and then go back and say, well, we need to rework our plan for next year, knowing that this information, that, that this fell through the way it did. So each year, I feel like our plan gets better because we're ready for the unexpected things to happen. Right. All right. So uh, next thing we'll talk about is just the flow of an auction draft. Um, and, and the one thing I always like to say about auction drafts is, you know, for a snake draft, you could do a, a snake draft 
five minutes later with the same group of guys, you could do another snake mm-hmm. draft. And it would probably, that draft would probably be 90 to 95% the same as far as where players right. go and, and who picked them and all that. Uh, you could do an auction draft and then five minutes later do an auction draft with the same exact guys, uh, same exact plans, and it will go completely mm-hmm. different. Uh, it, no two auction drafts will be the same because really where players are nominated, um, like I said, those verbal or nonverbal cues, uh, like everything will be different. And it's just how the, how the draft flows is very, very different from year to year. Um, but it's also dependent on the league. And this is where the individual aspect really comes in. Um, you know, w- we always know, you know, I, this league's been around for several years. So we know kind of how the flow is going to go, how, when people are going to bid big, when they're not. Um, but I, I think, you know, know your league a few years into it, it'll start to make sense and, and you'll, you'll get a, um, Good idea of how it's going to. Yeah, it, it, yeah. The 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 one thing we talked about is a do not draft list, but yeah, uh, that seems to be the who's who's going to spend way too much money on these players list, and you, you we just can take a guess as to even the the different teams uh, who's going to get into a bidding war and spend way too much money on certain players because that just seems to be their mo. It doesn't always pay off for them; almost never does. But we seem to be able to predict okay, these guys are definitely going to go for way too much money, and these teams are probably going to be the ones bidding for them because they love those types of players. Yeah. So what I've found to be the case, and this is even for this this league that's been around for years, is uh, the first two to three picks go very slowly. Um, everybody is just kind of getting settled in. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, it may be you, depending on who's nominated, it, it may be mid-level players, maybe not elite players, but they'll kind of go slow. May, the players may go for a little bit less than what their value is. But after that second or third pick, it is off to the races. That's when you see like a lot of the big names starting to get nominated. And then, and then really, like I said, after the third pick and for that first hour, it is just – a hundred miles an hour. And, and yeah, that's when all the big names come right. off the board. So it's, um, yeah, I've even found like last year I did an auction draft league where it was the first year that the league ever, um, uh, was stood up. I was the only one in there who's ever done an auction league. And it, it did kind of adhere to that to where the first couple picks people were getting their, you know, dipping their toes in the water. And then it was just, full steam ahead um so just just be wary of that uh remember kirk a couple years ago uh and i don't know that he was this early but uh it was a draft you did by yourself you got odell beckham for 37 dollars, and he went very early and then after you got him everybody kind of looked around and said how did that happen yeah and it it was it was kind of one of those like nobody there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of involvement in it it was just a few guys going after him i think it was me and the other new york giants fans and that was kind of it and i'm thinking this is and then when he gave up i'm thinking am i am i am i doing something wrong and then as soon as i called (laughs) you and told you this is what i did you're like are you serious i'm like yeah like is there something we don't know yeah 
<laughs> yeah. Yep. So, you know, don't be afraid to be aggressive pretty early because other teams may not. Right. And at the end of the day, you All may right. actually find out that you got a good value on somebody as opposed to an awful value on somebody, which normally is what happens early on is you spend too much money on somebody and then look back and say, wow, I could have waited and got the same guy for, you know, $20 less. Right. All right. Uh, next topic here to talk about is nomination strategy. So the way you nominate, so there will still be a draft order in in the auction draft. Like I said, instead of picking a player though, it's going to go around the room and we just go clockwise, you know, in our drafts and the next, the next team up, they nominate a player to be drafted. Uh, it does not have to, you know, um, it doesn't have to be the best players first. It could be anybody, you know, Cooper cup could be the very first player nominated in a draft and, 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 and then you just start bidding from there. So, um, but as far there is a strategy to this, so we will probably go more in depth into this, this topic than any other topic on the show. Uh, Kirk, is there anything else you want to add before yeah, we get into back it? Back to the, uh, this, uh, this concept of whether or not we prepare versus the other teams don't prepare. And we know we talked about this off the air. And I'm, I'm thinking this is also part of it. I, I don't remember too many times where other teams would draft somebody for the purpose of not drafting them. Um, I know it happens, but Nom- you mean nominate, yeah, nominate no, somebody, nominate somebody knowing that they have no intention of drafting him. I almost feel like th- there's a certain amount of value to that person who's nominating them. Uh, maybe their budget's a little bit lower, but they want to kind of get that out there. I don't see that that happens too, too much. Most of the time, again, this is from memory. The ones that nominate are the ones that are in, in it to the end. Right. So, so what Kirk's talking about here is when you're talking about nominating, there is definitely a strategy to it. Um, like I said, in that first hour, teams are going to be aggressively going after players. So what Kirk and I have done is, is typically the first players that are nominated or, you know, that we nominate early are guys that we know will go for a lot of money that we do not want. And the reason we nominate them early in the draft is so other teams waste their budget on those players that we mm-hmm. do not want. So, so, um, well, I guess we could talk about uh, individual specific individuals this year, um, if you if you're ready for that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so so Kirk and I, you know, just like the snake drafts, we do not invest a lot into into the the quarterback or tight end positions we still we we try to allocate our budget and our resources towards those core players the running backs mm-hmm. and receivers um, that make up our team so a great example is of somebody we know that we're not going to spend a lot of money on is a high dollar mm-hmm. quarterback so aaron Rodgers is a guy that we will nominate early or if it's tight ends we know we're not going to be able to afford Gronk or Kelsey or Zach Ertz, even though we would love to have those players on our team, we nominate them in hopes that they go for a lot right. of money. Um, I'm trying to think 
Uh, Kirk, do you have it in front of you what Aaron Rodgers went for last year? <clears throat> I did. Yeah. Let me call it up. Um, one of the things that, I mean, even some of the players that, um, that are in the core positions we've identified as players that we want to get, get out there quick. Let's see here. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll hit on them. Oh, okay. I, I oh. have it right here. So actually uh, the same guy um, got both Aaron Rodgers and Gronk on his team. Uh, and he got huh. Aaron Rodgers for $33 yeah. and he got Gronk for 30. So that's $63 invested in positions that, Kirk, let's see. We we got Matthew Stafford for six dollars. So compare Aaron Rodgers for thirty three to Matthew Stafford for six, uh, and then we had two tight ends, uh, uh, Fleener and uh, Jack Doyle. We spent a total of three dollars on those two for our tight ends last year. So yeah, the yeah, the, this was also a new guy too. So uh, yeah, he was. this is yep. a first time drafter. Um, I think it's a common mistake. I don't know if it's something that people would want to repeat. Uh, It seems though that that happens because somebody pays 30 some bucks for Aaron Aaron Rodgers every year. It seems that, but uh, yeah, that's, you know, to, to, to spend 63 bucks on those two players to where you can get virtually the same value for half the price somewhere else. I mean, it's just, they don't, no one looks at it that way for some reason. Right. Uh, yeah. The other thing I'll say that's that's at the low end. Like actually, the Gronk price I don't think is bad. Aaron Rodgers thirty three dollars is still um, probably the most uh, affordable he's been because typically, like I said, he's up in the forties range. In our keeper league, I think he was kept for forty two dollars this year. So we know we're not going to spend that much on those positions. So get him out there. You know, for 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 this guy, it was thirty three uh, less dollars that he's going to spend on a on a stud running back. So, um, so there's that. So looking at the other positions, um, Kirk, I know a running back that I would advocate for, for nominating early is, is somebody like LaShawn McCoy, who right now he has a second round draft grade on him for snake draft. So he's a, he's a guy that's going to be, especially in 12 team leagues, he's going to be looked at as, as a running back number one for a team. So I would get him out there early. He of all the running back number ones, he probably fires me up the least, um, and I think he could pro- potentially go for you know almost. $30. And you, and, and this is who again? Again, well, LaShawn right. oh, McCoy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah. If we if we got him, it would be because he was so cheap. That would be the only value to him for us. Right, right. Again, these are these are not guys that we're saying we do not want on our team. We're just saying that if we nominate them. We know teams will spend money on them probably more than we're comfortable spending. Another guy uh, like Derrick Henry is another guy that I just don't believe in this year. I don't think he's going to be mm-hmm. the starter. But I know there is buzz about him because DeMarco Murray left that somebody may spend $25, 30 on him. And I think that is way um, too the much. Other, the, other, the other part of, of nominations of people that you don't want is, is the actual number of players drafted in that position makes a difference so um and i guess what i'm talking about is mostly in the quarterback uh, position because we we like to wait um and spend less money and budget for a cheaper quarterback we know if there's been eight or nine uh quarterbacks drafted we know that 
all they really have to do. We just have to get more out there so that way we can kind of have a pick of the litter for a dollar quarterback. Um, and then, right. and then go from there because the likelihood of a team play, paying 30 bucks or even 15 or 20 bucks for their starting quarterback and then coming back over and wanting to spend more than a dollar or $2 is not always going to happen. It did happen last year because we had a new, we had some new players and they spent right. a decent amount of money on two quarterbacks, but typically they kind of go all in on the first one. And the second one is just what's left over. And so if we see that there's been a significant amount of quarterbacks going, we know, okay, we can really wait and we can get a really cheap quarterback. So we can get somebody nominated that we don't want, get them to, to spend money on it. And then that way we can say, great, now we can hold off on that and get it when we want. Yep. No, absolutely. Um, so the other thing, uh, uh, other thing I'll bring up for, for nomination strategy is, uh, and this was a change in our league last year, um, kickers and defense. So typically, um, you know, we don't spend any more than a dollar on our kicker or our defense. Neither does any other team. Some of the, some of the top defenses may go for four or five bucks. Like Jacksonville wouldn't be surprised if they would have went for four or five right. bucks, or maybe Justin Tucker may Oakland, go for two or three dollars. You know. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they're they're mm. great defense. Um, having said that, uh, it is if you incorporate kickers and defense into your auction draft, uh, nominate them first. That way, you know we would nominate, for example, Justin mm. Tucker, because we know other teams are not willing to spend more than a dollar on their kicker defense, nobody's going to challenge that. And you can walk away with the best kicker right. defense. Uh, we got away from uh, this league, got away from that last year. And it was because Kirk, you and I challenged it and said, this is stupid to auction them off. So what our auction draft does is their league does is they do a snake draft for kickers and defense prior to getting into the auction. So it doesn't affect. Yeah, the budget. That, that's and kind you, of a you, big, you thing get it out of the way. It actually doesn't affect the budget, which means right. that it's not important to the game yet we still have them. we still keep them in there yes that a hey, baby <laughs> yeah. steps baby steps soon um, we'll be commissioner oh yeah that'd be great um so so like i said so you know early on um nominate some of the big name guys that you know a lot of money will be spent on later in the draft though that is when you start to nominate the players you right. want uh and because as people's money starts to wind down, um, you want to nominate the players you want in hopes of getting them for cheap. So you will get play, a lot of players for one dollar. So if people, you know, if people have twenty dollars left, there's typically two or three players on the board that they're waiting to pop up to to spend their money on. So if there's some bench players that you nominate for a dollar, um, you you may very well get them. Uh, for that dollar, uh, because teams are holding on mm -hmm. to their money. Yeah, they're, um, um, yeah that's that. It, it, I was wondering what I was going through in my mind is what would happen if we were one of many teams that employed these types of strategies? And I don't know what we would do because I feel like we're in the minority that not only does a budget 
but you know, and I that identifies players that they don't want that wouldn't fit in that budget and stick to it. But the way we nominate players, I think, is a little bit different than other teams. I don't know what it would be like if there were a lot of teams that did it the way we did. It would be, it would be, it would be, it would be still fun, but it would be kind of tough to figure out what they're trying to do. Because are they nominating for what right. they want, or are they nominating to get it out there? And then would anybody bite? That could actually. That's it's just popped into my head. It may not be relevant, but yeah. So kind of a funny story last uh, last year. So th- again, this was in a league. I just stood up for for guys I work with and for my local uh, my neighbors. So it's my lo- local league. We did an auction draft. Again, I was the only one who had ever done an auction draft before. So I, I employed the strategy of get the big name guys out there who you don't want in hopes that, that somebody else will spend a ton of money on them. So I, I starting it off, I nominated the first player. And I nominated Ezekiel Elliott, who you remember at the time, there was talk of a suspension, but nothing actually came down. But I knew... You know, like, for example, Kirk, in, in our auction draft, he went for $50. Right. So I thought in this draft, well, some, and there are some Cowboy fans in there. I'm going to nominate him, and somebody's going to waste a bunch of money on him. Well, I ended up picking yeah. him so because I got him for $18. So that's what I'm saying because, and again, <clears throat> it was because people were kind of figuring out how the draft went, but I couldn't pass him up for that value. So, uh, again, the guys you nominate are not – necessarily guys you don't want on your team it's just if you can and this is really for every every player out there if you can get them for the right price then uh then you go yeah after. there there are players that we do say we do we are not putting them on our team or it, it always includes right, Joe Flacco. You know, because of his eyebrows or whatever the case may be but yeah all right very good all right, hey, the last thing I'll, I'll talk about here is, is just bidding strategy. So this is after the player's already nominated. How do you go after players? Um, we, we've, uh, you know, I've, I've made some mistakes in, in this arena before. Yeah, me too. Um, but, yeah, but the, the main thing is uh, one thing uh, that we do or that you do, Kirk, is you bring your laptop or you bring pen and paper and uh, hopefully your league – you know, um, like what I did for, for my league last year was I, I kept track of we, – we, we put the, a spreadsheet of all the teams and rosters and their value on a large screen TV so everybody could see it. Kirk, you bring mm-hmm. your own computer, and, and we track what everybody else does and, and how much money they right. have uh, left in their budget. Um, it's very important to do that because you want to know what you're going up against uh, when you're bidding against somebody. Uh, you know, in Smocks League, he'll break maybe every hour and just give an update uh, on how much money teams have left. But it's it, it's very important to track that from pick to pick. Um, and, yeah, especially later in the rounds, if, if you only have $15 left, uh, you want to know if you have more than the guy <clears throat> you're bidding against. Um, if, you know, if you're going after a certain Yeah, and, and, you know, Ryan does do a good job of, you know, at each break, giving everybody the opportunity to make sure their values are correct and everybody knows where they stand. And I mean, even though, even though you get, you get lambasted for not keeping track of your budget, he does give you every opportunity to make sure your budget's correct and you know where you're going uh, after each break. So it's, it is very important. It's probably the hardest part of doing it because 
you're you're just so worried about who you're going to nominate and your budget and who's left and who's available. But if you're able to accurately do a picture of everybody's team, you can then figure out you know who's going to be in in the bid for the player that you're looking for, and it's gonna it, it makes it a lot easier if you know going into it. I only have about two roster or two teams that are probably going to be bidding on this guy, so that's a great thing. And how much money they have left. Yeah. Uh, so so what I did for for my league last year is like I said we I I maintained um, all the players drafted and their value um, on a spreadsheet. Right. And that was blasted on large screen TV. And we just put in formulas to where once I put in the player and how much they were picked, it, it, it uh, we could look at how mu- uh, the remaining budget uh, for that team. So, so this was a bunch of first year guys. They didn't really have to do any of that work. So if you have that ability, I'd, you know, I'd recommend right. doing that. So that was really good. Um, the other thing, and this is, this is where I have made mistakes in the past. And I'll never forget. I think it was it Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. Rivers. Philip Rivers. I did this with. So we needed a quarterback, and Philip Rivers was looking mm-hmm. great. Uh, I think we probably had about uh, ten dollars left. Right. And sometimes it's kind of a power move to where it, you you increase the bid by two or three dollars or five dollars to try and say, hey. I'm 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 serious about this yeah. player. You can keep going up, but I'm probably going to beat you to it. And it's it's just kind of yeah. a power move. Um, but I think we had I don't know ten dollars left, and somebody bid seven dollars on Philip Rivers. Well, I went ahead and bid nine dollars, yeah. and then they increased it by one to bid ten. So. I essentially took us out Correct. of the bidding. If if I would have bid eight dollars, they maybe would have increased it to nine, and then I could have increased it to ten. Uh, and I'm not. I don't know. Remember if we definitely would have gotten the player at the time. He went for. He went for. I, he went for Raider. He, we we would have been able to get him in hindsight, knowing what we knew. That was what he right. went for. Now, you know, if the bid would have been reversed and this and that, you know, what did the guy have the same budget? I don't know, but. But but the thing is, yeah, I I didn't give us a chance. Right, you had you did have uh, several beers that night. <laughs> I had the best yeah, seat and, in I, the house. and I defaulted to you, you know, and I was not, I did not have several beers that night. So um, maybe that was yeah. it was I was letting you drive the car, which is probably not a smart move. No, you should you should let me do it early and then yeah. you take over later. Yeah, you says oh, nine. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Kirk, anything else you want to hit on as far as uh, what to expect for, for auction, auction? I think drafts? we vaguely covered everything we do. <laughs> yeah, vaguely. So so the very important, the next show is really important. We're going to sh- talk about uh, setting a budget prior to the draft, why that's so important. Uh, uh, we're going to come up with a, a just a, an example of a budget, not necessarily the one that uh, we're going to use this year, but it's a good example. Um, and we're going to talk about how we would employ it. That sounds good. It does sound good. All right, dude. Well, Hey, great job. Uh, nope, that's else? it. 
All right, that's all for the fancy boys. We are hey. signing off. Hey, 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 yeah. Ooh.